welcome back to season six of Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw. And with me today, I got my core crew of Mr. Matthew Aguilar. What's up, everybody? Ms. Janelle Will. Mrs. Woof. Woof. We've been doing this for too long. Oh, you're fine. I go by Miss. <laughs> because my husband looks like the Miz. Anyways, hi, guys. Welcome in. <laughs> And Mr. Connor Casey. What up? And we have a, well, I mean, it's kind of a typical comic book nation show when we really think about it. Because, I mean, we're not kidding. We do it all for geek culture. So this week, we're going to be dipping into anime, a little gaming, big movies, some comic book, you know, movie stuff. We're also going to be talking about our own personal picks with Rant and Raves coming over from my old show. We're bringing it back again. And I believe the boys have some wrestling to talk. So we're going all around the circuit today. I'm happy about it. Program notes up front. Comic Book Nation isn't just one show anymore. We have a bunch of shows and we have been cooking this week. We have just launched Anime Initiative, our anime-focused segment, which broke down the best anime to be watching on Netflix before and or after you are watching The Last Airbender, or if you just need something to clean your palate from it. Either way, Anime Initiative is here for you. Matt is pulling comics every Wednesday with the poll list where we break down what's hot in the big publishers, as well as a bunch of indie comics these days that Matt's throwing at us. And uh, that's a lot of fun. We have our Halo recaps. Halo Season 2 is popping off in a big way, and we are following it every week, Matthew and I, as part of Quick Save, our gaming-focused segment, which also hits the biggest gaming news every week. Yesterday, they just were cooking on Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Nintendo Direct, a whole bunch of other stuff, so be sure to check that out as well. Yeah, we are we are starting to go. It's almost every day this week. And if you're following the entire comic book podcast feeds, then yeah, it is every day of the week for you because we have our <laughs> podcast, a zero that uh, also hits in between our stuff and a Pokemon podcast for all you Pokemon geeks out there. A wild Pokemon has appeared. So yeah, these comic book feeds are just covering it all. So be sure to get lost in some podcasts. All right, that's my spiel up front. Let's talk about what's going on, and let's talk about what the big topic of our show today, which is Avatar, The Last Airbender. Uh, one of the most acclaimed animes, cartoons, however you want to define it, of all time, it had an infamous track record of adaptation, including that woefully regrettable Shyamalan movie that came out. But now Netflix is trying to follow up its successful adaptation of something as big as One Piece with a live-action adaptation of the Last Airbender. It dropped yesterday on Netflix. The reactions are flying all over the internet. But we have kind of an infamous history with this show here on the podcast. There are quite, I think the, I think it's either 50% or 75% of us have never been able to really get into The Last Airbender, if I remember correctly. So this is a pivotal point for our show. And, you know, I typically do this anyway, but I made sure to extra do it this week to keep any kind of conversational distance from these people to make sure I don't know anything about how everybody is taking this all down. I have no idea how everybody feels about this, and I am psyched to learn. So let's start with the person who hates cartoons the most. And do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Start speaking. Connor. I'm just kidding. Hey, um, lies. <laughs> 
Uh, hi guys. Yeah. Well, um, I, I love that you made the comparison between, um, one piece and avatar because I do feel like you can tell these are on like the same network in a way, but I I'm calling it network, the same platform. Um, but I actually genuinely like this even better than one piece. And I was raving about wow. one piece Yes, my only qualm, and this is just a me thing, I really, really, really would have loved to have this weekly and like been looking forward to it because whenever they release things all out the gate, I do take it upon myself to watch the entire series because we're going to talk about it on the podcast. So yesterday I watched the entire thing and I got a little fatigued at the end. I don't think the payoff was as big for me because I was just kind of burned out at that point. No um yeah, but I but I I am so so impressed with the CGI. I think the casting is brilliant. Um like I don't have any knowledge of this show prior to like this the live action. So if this is all I ever see, it's brilliant and I love it. It's actually quite tragic. I'm thinking of kids watching this and I'm like it's violent, it's tragic, it's heavy, but also, you know, it's I think it's also geared for kids and adults. So I'm curious what like the parents in the chat think about it. Ooh, way to volley it back over here. Matt, why don't you take that one? <laughs> so there, there, was, there was a giant motorcycle so right outside the window. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, I, I got to say, I think for me, because I'll just get this out of the way. I, I echo um, a lot of things Janelle said. I really enjoyed this. Um, I am one of those people that Kofi mentioned. I've not, I was never really able to get into the original um, for whatever reason. It was caught a lot of ways like One Piece for me. Um, I was not able to get into that anime either uh, before the, you know, Netflix live action adaptation. Um, this one obviously comes in with a little bit of a lower bar, I think, because of the Shyamalan project. Uh, so I feel like I did come in going, I never watched that in its entirety because I was told not to. I was like, I was told not to sully my the palette, so to speak, uh, <laughs> with with that one. So I've been waiting for this. Um, you know, I I really enjoyed this. I, a lot of this was I know the the basics. Of the universe i i know who the kind of main group is i know you know some of the kind of basic tenets uh but the character stuff here uh really grabbed me uh and i thought the i thought the effects and like the like battle scenes overall like i thought those those were really cool um i haven't made it all the way through so i did not make it like janelle all the way through i hit episode uh four um and then i i had to just I had to stop for other reasons, not because I wasn't yeah. enjoying it, <laughs> um, <laughs> but just, yeah, just because I had to stop. Um, but I am intrigued. It's a little bit of a bummer to to know that, like, maybe the finale doesn't quite nail it. No, um, it does. But, I think it really okay. does. It's just I was so fatigued. Like, it is. Okay. It's a lot. <laughs> I started to tune out at the end and I went, man, I did this to myself. Why did I do this? <laughs> yeah. It's, so I, I'm still I think I still hold one piece higher um because one piece just i don't know there's just something about that insane wackiness that i just so love about that uh, that it just captured it's just so fun and there's a a whimsical nature to that that yes there is that in this but it's it's different so i just i think one piece still kind of sits here 
for me, but I really enjoyed this. And I think for a lot of people like me who come in um, and aren't as familiar, this is a, a great introduction. Connor, you were the actual last Airbender fan among us, if I if I remember correctly, and I usually remember your mild takes correctly. So, it, how did you feel about seeing this in live action? Because if you are the kind of target that we're really interested in. It's it's the people who were such because there aren't many people who come away from the animated series saying I mildly enjoyed that. It's either like I never got into it, or I, or this is like one of my goats. So, how do you feel about this version of it? So, yeah, a bit of background. I was day one on Nickelodeon with this thing, kind of by accident, and was immediately hooked, followed it all the way through. And if you are a longtime Avatar fan, it's it hasn't been easy, because for as great as the original show was, we've had we've taken our lumps since then. Korra was, let's call it, uneven, and the Shyamalan movie is notorious in its awfulness. So with this... You know, I was holding my breath a little bit because, hey, the original creators were a part of this and then they weren't, which had me thinking, oh, how much are we changing? And we talked about it on the show. What little aspects of characters are they going to change? Sokka isn't sexist anymore. Aang's a little too focused on his mission as opposed to being the fun-loving kid we originally meet. But at making it about four and a half episodes through this, I absolutely dug this. And I think what makes this stand out so much is that it took so many of the big criticisms of the Shyamalan movie and says, we are going to directly fix this. It's a script that's not written by Shyamalan. So the people actually sound like humans. The bending looks fantastic, which was a massive complaint for what that movie did, where people are doing all these hand movements and one little rock floats up and moves slowly forward. No, they, this is as intense as it is in the show where bending is supposed to look like actual martial arts. And they nailed so many of the characters. They, they nailed Sokka. They nailed Katara. Uh, Uncle Iroh being this fun-loving, hey, I just like to drink tea and help out my bratty little nephew. Uh, that entire relationship is one of the absolute highlights of the original show. And from what I've seen, they've absolutely nailed it. So I'm thrilled about that. Zuko being kind of pathetic at this stage. He's like Team Rocket. He's going to keep popping up. He's going to say angry stuff and then get beaten. <laughs> His character develops so much over the three seasons that by the end, people will be standing for him more so than they will for Aang. There, there's just so much to like about this. I'll admit there are some problems. Our, you know, our thumbnail for this episode with the, some of the special effects. Yeah, it's not the strongest. But when comparing this to Cowboy Bebop, to Yu Yu Hakusho, to some of the other animated adaptations into live action Netflix has done, this is definitely on the upper tier. I'm with Matt in that I would put this just below One Piece because One Piece has a definitive art style where they go, hey, we're swooping the camera, we're tilting stuff, everything looks kind of crazy. Whereas with this, it's, hey, we're just trying to make it look as realistic as possible while still having some fun with the all the fire and water and earth that's getting thrown around. But to the folks who were like, crap, do we have another Shyamalan on our hands? Not happening. Man. All right. Thank you, Connor. Everybody in the comments right now, if you're not following our live show, this is why you got to. The comments are always lit. And uh, people are saying this is the unexpected turn of Connor for Connor Casey. They never had <laughs> video cards. See, what, what you guys misunderstand is that I'm not a heel. I'm just right. So when something's good, I'll tell you it's good. That never has a heel statement been uttered. Yeah, more. yeah. 
<laughs> Never before have you set yourself up for let you're such a smackdown. So I guess I'm the heel in this. Um, wow, I thought this was going to be a, a little bit easier on me, but fine, you know, I'll step up, step into the spotlight. I'll come out here and uh, yeah, I'll take everybody on. Um, this is the fourth time I, I've tried to get into the first episode of Avatar The Last Airbender because I've been around since this show started. I tried when it started. I tried after it became a thing. I even tried a couple years ago. I think we did it here on the podcast where we all tried to get into it. Yep, it was like, we did. That's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I don't remember a lot about this whole journey, but I remember that. But um, yeah, man, no. Sorry, guys. No, I'm not in. I am not in. I don't think I'm ever going to be in. And at wow. this point, I'm trying. Like, you guys can have The Last Airbender. I want you guys to enjoy it. I am glad it holds this esteemed place in your heart. I'm never getting into this. And I mean, it took me from Thursday until an hour before this show to get through episode one. I kept saying to myself, you have to do this as a job. You got to do it. You got to sit down. And then I kept getting up and doing everything else. I cleaned most of my house. I sat out in the rain and thought about life last night. <laughs> press play on this show. And I didn't want to. And when I did, getting through episode one, watching this for the fourth time, I was just like, no. And I think for me, the problem is, I think it's crazy to say this is on the level of One Piece because as Connor did, you know, the caveat that he did point out, One Piece was a milestone, not just because it was able to adapt to One Piece, but it was the first show that kind of really made me believe in the ability to make anime, its style, its themes, the kind of zaniness of it, and translate that into live action. This is just a better produced version of what the Shyamalan movie attempted, which is to just make a dramatic, a drama basically about Avatar The Last Airbender. That show is so wacky and zany and kind of has these little anime asides of the characters, you know, freaking out or Sokka and all that stuff. And I don't feel, I, I'm two episodes in and I just don't feel, and maybe it gets better. Maybe you guys can sell me on this because I get why first episodes might be just a step by step recreation of the events, but it just doesn't have that air to it. It's just like, I'm going to be watching dramatized versions of these same events. And we're going to go through the events of the cartoon series. And it's not really new. It's just a different format of the cartoon series with less kind of kid themed humor to it mm -hmm. and less whimsy. And it's just like, I'm not, there's nothing about the story, the characters, that pulls me into caring about their drama. That was always the hard part for this for me. I got through the first episode and there's not one character I came away being like, oh, I got to see more of that. Duko is a punk. Aang is like, okay, I guess this kid is going to save the world, but I'm not going to be here for that. I don't <laughs> want him grow. I don't care. And, you know, the two friends he makes, again, Appa is the only person I really care about in this whole thing. So. <laughs> You show me like everywhere. If you just gave me a whole series of where Appa was flying and what he did spending his days, like I'd be more interested to that. But again, I'm not trying to crap on The Last Airbender. Like I've read the wikis. I know that Zuko is a really well done character. All these characters grow and they evolve. I get that. I wish you guys well on that journey. 
Uh, so, <laughs> I've already done the whole thing, man. <laughs> a couple points. One, Kofi, the, the fan base absolutely adores Appa, so you're in good company there. Oh, yeah. Second, this is a show that in its in its original form was an upward trajectory. It really doesn't kick in until season two where we go, oh, hey, these are child soldiers, and that's going to mess you up. And we start getting into the political intrigue of the Earth Kingdom versus the Fire Nation. That's that is all season two. A lot of season one is one off villain of the week at type episodes with a pretty decent climax at the end. So I get why if you're going into this and you're like, this isn't grabbing me. I'm like, it does get better in season two. And then it kicks into high gear in season three. Now, is that the is that the best sell in the world? No, but it is the reality. The show was always kind of dealt with. <laughs> I can't believe the storyline doesn't. For me, it was. I truly, I watched the anime. Like I, tr I, I had no idea that he was actually the last Airbender from the freaking cartoon. Like that's how much I could not pay attention and did not give a crap about it. And then. In this, at least the first episode, like I, I do, I feel so bad for. I'm like, oh my god, like this is completely heartbreaking. He is the last of his kind. His entire population is gone. He's been locked, like in a bubble for three years or longer. And I mean, it it definitely pulled on my heartstrings a little bit. So I'm I'm so surprised because I was all about that storyline. Like I was all about what had happened you know, with the fire kingdom wanting to take over. I get it. Like, and that I wonder as I'm hearing this, I wonder if maybe it is just because I don't watch anime. So I don't have any kind of expectation. Like one piece for me was fun and silly and cool, but like the main actor annoyed me. He was very over the top. At least in this one, I feel like they're really like acting more like digestible for me like normal humans like i feel like the one piece actor was just like i am talking like this and like it, it was like a little but that's much. why he's great but that's anime <laughs> but yeah but that's anime like and so i think that's why i do like this because i don't feel like i'm watching anime he stretched <laughs> his face it's amazing yeah. i gotta yeah. i gotta say point out two things real quick number one uh we need to get kofi a rock hollywood rock fest is what we need to do for the next episode. He is in his Hollywood <laughs> rock era. Number two, I got to say, I do love all of the, who knew that uh, this would prompt so many mentions of Captain Planet know, right? <laughs> in the Captain comments. Planet. Well, Sokka is literally just heart by the end of it because everyone else can bend. And he's just like, way to, way to catch some strays, you know, like, but Captain Planet is getting some love at least. So we, we got this. It's It's benefiting. It's benefiting. Maybe that's Netflix's next thing. Mm. Just uh, let's get a live action <laughs> adaptation of Captain Planet. Don Cheeto I... did it already, but hey, we so, can do it again. So we've got Jay Jones in the comments here. I want to address this. Uh, do I think they'll finish the adaptation? Yes, I do. Because unlike with One Piece, where this thing would take 10 to 15 seasons to catch up with what's happening, this has all already been told. This is done. And it can be done in three seasons exactly like the original show. So you're good. Mm. I'm yeah. just really curious about everyone. If like all of the people that are really into anime, I can't wait to dig in and like see fan reactions. Cause it, all the people who love the anime, like what do you think of it? And all the people like me that don't really care much about the anime, how, what they think of it. I can't wait to like have my husband watch it, ask him. Like I do have like some super fans in my Twitch community that love 
avatar. So I cannot wait to hear what they have to say. Like, I'm actually really intrigued with everybody's opinions. And Kofi is my hot take today. Thank you for adding the hot. But um, yes, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just can't. I, I don't know what it is about this one. I, you know me. I'm all over the place. I usually yeah, love it. I'm surprised. This is really cool. <laughs> You're shocking me. No, just not me, bro. I can't. So in the, uh, in the, in the effort of self-love, I'm going to let you all have this one and I'll just be doing other things. You guys call me, tell me if there's something cool. <laughs> tell me if there's something, that <laughs> you know, I'll be here for you to cover it. Anime initiative will be here to do a full spoilers breakdown of the last airbender. And those kids know everything. They know everything about the original, what's changed behind the scenes stuff. So be sure to check out our podcast feed early next week. We're giving everybody a chance to digest the whole thing. And then we're going to get into it. All right. Well, that's it for that. I think uh, you got three yeses and only one curmudgeonly old man. So you guys are doing good on the uh, good. Avatar front. You got three recommends. Uh, but, uh, now it's up to me to talk about something and maybe this just kind of has tainted me this week. I got to get out and see Dune part two early. We'll be doing a full review when the film hits, but I thought I'd just kind of share with you guys my early reaction to Dune part two. And, uh, as I tweeted out, like, you know, we make jokes and stuff these days a lot. It's more of a kind of internet meme joke, but this is cinema. Like, you know, Dune part two is cinema. It's epic. It's a two-plus-hour epic. Um, everything that people kind of, you know, criticized in the first one about it being kind of boring, not attached to any characters, no central kind of heat to it, that's all, you know, you can't argue that about the second one. This is a much more kind of, we know the world we're in now. We know the tech, the world, the people, the houses, the politics. And so this story is really more character-focused about Paul Atreides, Timothy, Timothee is how you really say it, Chalamet, and, oh. you know, Zendaya and the Fremen, and there, that kind of dances with wolves story that is familiar, but, you know, Dune did arguably do it a long time ago, and it's all about the battle for Arrakis from this kind of guerrilla, you know, indigenous tribes standpoint. You get, I like that Denis Villeneuve, who is, I mean, this, if the first one won all those awards, this one is definitely going to get all the technical awards, the visuals, just the thing you're seeing in the trailer right now, like the Harkonnens, black and white day when their moon does this weird thing and everything's just kind of monochrome, that whole sequence, beautiful. So many just visually splendid, like, moments in this. See this in IMAX for sure. See this in IMAX. Uh, if you're going to make your IMAX purchase for this half of the year, let it be this. And yeah, if you know the story of Dune, this is something that feels like the end of a complete chapter, but with definite room to continue into the series and, and the subsequent stories of the series. And by the end of this, they wrap it up in a way that's thematically very powerful um, and kind of moving in, in what the turns are. Uh, but like I said, just... This is cinema. This is why you go to the movies. Two and a half hours of being transported to a beautiful world with some beautiful people on screen and great acting, the new casting additions and the expanded roles like Javier Bardem, Zendaya, like all the people we kind of met, even Rebecca Ferguson, get so much more to do in this movie and are really good. So, yeah, man, if this is the thing you've been waiting for and you've been... <laughs> you've been waiting for a big movie to come out this is 
shit. So I, I'm really into Dune. I think it's only benefited with time, but from the first film to make us really appreciate it and appreciate like what's being done here outside of film Twitter and the nonsense and kind of enjoy these. And I can't wait to one day invest a day watching these back to back in like 4k because it's going to be, it's going to be epic, but um, yeah, this is nuts. And I'm happy to say there's, it has this chapter specifically has that touch of the David Lynch weirdness to it. Like, I mean, there is a whole subplot in case you don't know about, you know, Rebecca Ferguson's character having being pregnant and having her baby conversate with her through the movie. So there's a little venom thing in here uh, that is absolutely delightful. And, you know, <laughs> it, and, and, and it just works because there is there are these elements of that weirdness that you can't escape from Dune. And I, I loved it. So go see Dune and we'll have a full review and debate about it when it comes out. Uh, oh, man, there's a great oh. comment. There's What's a great that? comment from all in the game. Yeah, I know. I was going to get if you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Two things I got to get to first. Uh, the popcorn bucket. I'm keeping that out of my house just for personal <laughs> For the same reasons I, you know, I only keep certain weapons in my house and not others. Uh, I won't be keeping that popcorn bucket in my house. Uh, uh, let's just leave it at that. Second of all, um, that's a hard question to rank. And I'd be a great, maybe we'll do that as a debate. That sounds like a good episode. Maybe we'll save that debate the top five Chris Nolan movies versus the top five Denis Villeneuve movies. That's a good one. Maybe we, maybe we should do that. We'll do that for uh cinema nation. One time we'll come on cinema nation, <laughs> but uh, I'm not doing it now. All right. That's Dune part two. Janelle, you have, yeah. Some, yeah, there was in the midst of all this stuff we're talking about. There was also this little kernel of news that came out this week. Yeah, a little kernel, but it gets a lot of people really excited, as usual. Uh, Marvel has some updates for us um, via, you know, other outside sources. So it's like, it's kind of like it is Marvel, but, you know, you always have to take everything with a grain of salt because you just don't know. Um, but it looks like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is being retooled, is what they're saying. They're not saying like rebooted or anything crazy like that. But they are working on it. We kind of already knew that if we've had our, our heads like in the news and media, we've been watching changes happen behind the scenes. But um, I think they're really putting an effort forward on this. There's been a lot of uh, talk about what they're going to be doing with quality over quantity, slowing down production um, and just trying to focus on putting really good things out, even though I think I love almost everything they came out with. There's just a few. Um, but I guess there's, there's been a lot of different things about superhero fatigue with fans and I get it. A lot of people are talking about that. Uh, Ant-Man and Wasp quantum mania did Wait, not do. Web? No way. <laughs> what? Said after Madam Web, you guys are claiming. Uh, I mean, <laughs> listen, <laughs> we're just gonna pretend like that doesn't exist. Also, like, I, you already know, like, Spider Man for me is like its own thing. I don't really, I don't even like whatever Sp Spider Man content. I'm just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> but Quasimania did not do well. The Jonathan Majors legal issues is not a good look. Um, I think for me, the biggest tidbit of information from this is that it has been rumored for a while that they were going to phase out Kang. Kang is not performing the way they wanted to. And before quanta like with Quantumania, before even now, they were talking about moving past this and not having that be the title of Avengers. So to me, that's the biggest piece of news. Like we are not going to call it Avengers you know, Kang Dynasty, we're going to do something else with it. 
Obviously, they're doing a good job with their announcements of um, fantastic forecastings. There's been lots of um, like articles coming out that the reshoots for Agatha have been great. They were scheduled for five days of reshoots. They got them done in one. Um, and so I, I feel like we're on a good trajectory, hopefully, for Marvel content. But I would love to hear what you guys think about everything <laughs> that came out because there's a lot. Okay, first of all, I'm going to address something Janelle said in one commenter, Eddie said. <laughs> um, guys, <laughs> uh -oh. you guys think that the average person can discern between Sony's Spider-Man universe <laughs> you, I have, I need you guys to touch some grass. The average person <laughs> does not care. They, they, the mainstream moviegoers do not care. They see it's a Marvel character, they think yeah. it's Marvel. And that's yeah. where the buck stops. So if you're wondering why we suddenly got fantastic forecasting and all this other stuff last week, it's because Marvel Studios knew that Madam Web was going to have them effed up too. Now, <laughs> I don't usually plug my secret, you know, therapy podcast, Podcast X, but I just went on a whole rant about this. Um, yeah, man, things are going to change pretty rapidly. Big Bob is back in the office. That's Big Bob I, not Big Bob C. And Big Bob is turning the ship around. It's going to be blockbusters, blockbuster level characters, blockbuster level actors. And they threw away, you know, the social the social uh, inclusion chart got tossed in the trash. That's gone. That ain't happening anymore. So we're not going all around the world. We're not going to be meeting a bunch of diverse characters. We're not doing any of that. It's going to be we're made, we're building a new Yankees. It's going to be. And we need the Jeters, the A-Rods, everybody who's going to be cracking out home runs and fielding the ball and, and making us big money. That is the new agenda of the day. It's gone from every other color to green. Again, back to green. Um, and that's what we're getting. And so I don't know, man. I still think that uh, as, our, as our little kind of viral clip or reel or short that's gone around social media has said, like, I, I still am on that Deadpool 3 fence. Like, if I go to Deadpool 3, and even if I have a good time, but I'm still like, I don't want to necessarily get into more MCU stuff. I'm going to be worried, man. Like, I'm going to be worried. There are some crazy things in this report that I thought were pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, first of all, Marvel, you cowards. You should have stuck with the original Thunderbolts idea. They were going to have the Thunderbolts go on this mission, I believe, to like find somebody like Sentry. And then they were going to all get murdered. So we were going to watch them die. And that would have been awesome. Like that would have been Marvel actually doing Suicide Squad, what Suicide Squad has never truly done with their Suicide Squad, which is killing all those fools. So that would have been really crazy out of nowhere. And people in Marvel would have felt dangerous again. So I'm kind of mad that we're not doing that anymore. Um, yeah, the Avengers thing, we always knew that was going to get changed because, I mean, even if the Jonathan major stuff didn't happen. It's just like this multiverse saga stuff, the cameos, all of it feels like the warranty on that has already worn out. Like we were building up to something that was going to be like cameo city, but like now people are just like, Ugh, tired of cameos. <laughs> like, can we just stop doing this? So I, I don't think that's going to really save things. You know what I mean? So I think we do need this massive kind of change in direction, but I'm kind of curious to see, what comes down the pipeline after this. Cause right now we're just trying to get through the stuff that's already there. So I'm very curious to see what happens after this, just like I'm very curious to see 
if Sony decides to re-up on another round of making these Spider-Man spinoff blockbusters, or if some deal gets struck, that's just like, yo, stop doing this. <laughs> like Disney finally is just like, here's the money. Stop doing this. Like stop messing this up for us. Because like I said, if you don't think so, yeah, Madam Web affects Marvel movies. If people go see that Spider-Man movie, Mar Madam Web, and they're like, this is getting stupid. Now I'm seeing movies that don't have Spider-Man. They don't have superheroes. And why am I being led into any of this? Like, yeah, they're going to associate that with every Marvel movie that comes out. So, yeah, man, I still think we're in the midst of a mess. This is a good PR line that we're going to be turning it around. And I think you just, I mean, you got to get phase one hungry again. Just look at every project and be like, we got to make this project the biggest hit we possibly can and at least get fans invested because mm -hmm. yeah we we are we are through there but i don't know man maybe the errors just passed guys i don't know we'll see could be just glad jpeg's not back in charge trying to throw out 20 disney plus series that's for me i feel like that was doing more damage to the brand than anything and cove to your point about this the madam web thing i will bet you decent amount of money that dakota johnson and sydney sweeney thought they were signing on to the mcu when they signed the contract for madam <laughs> web oh well no doubt they had they unfortunate reality the after the thing. i i need somebody on the next disney investors call who straight up get up there and ask big bob like did you kill madam web like because i feel like that movie obviously from the time period that it's set in was supposed to be this larger kind of scope about Tom Holland, Spider-Man, his powers, the Spider-Verse, the web of life, and this kind of back to the future story of protecting the birth of Spider-Man. I feel like this film was really about until somebody came in like Bob Iger saw it and was like, get every piece of Spider-Man thing out of this now. Like you are not getting any Spider-Man for this. And they were like, uh, what's left? Uh, man, how about we just re-record Ezekiel Sims and now he's chasing the girls? And they're like, all right, sure. Reshoots. Let's drive a cab into the woods. The end. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, I really want to know what happened there, but there's a story there. I guarantee it. Absolutely. Yeah, reporter knows. But um, all right. Anybody else have any burning things about the MCU, Matt? No, I mean, I, I, you know, my whole thing with I was I was watching the comments, um, you know, and some people were bummed that uh, they're going to kind of focus on more just solely a tier, you know, characters and not some of these smaller characters. And I don't think that's I don't think they'll com completely do that because they've already set up some people that they're clearly going to use. But I do think it was always sort of misguided to just go on pure legacy picks of like your your story generates like if you've seen the comics most times that happens and then a couple issues in they bring in a big gun they bring in someone that has some kind of already built-in cachet to build that team up to give that team someone to build around you still need that you need that in an avengers team and so right now clearly you can't just go get cap again because you already have a new cap number one but also chris evans is you know old in the in the universe <laughs> rogers is old so like you can't just do that and you know the robert downey thing has been often debated even on this show of whether you can make that happen or whether you should so there's like i think it is smart to bring in more a tier characters but your team already needed that 
you got to have some people to build around. That's why I think Fantastic Four, they waited too long. Fantastic yeah. Four should have already been introduced. <clears throat> um, we should have already gotten past that. And the fact that we're just now teeing up and casting it is insane to me. Um, so, you know, we that can be your linchpin and that can be your your foundation for everything else to build around. And I think that's smart. That's the way to improve this moving forward. Um, but yeah, the fact that we're not, I mean, to, you know, uh, pr producer beats, uh, you know, credit here. Exactly. Like it was always the FF and the X-Men and the fact that we took so long to like get those building blocks in place and actually start moving to that direction is kind of crazy to me. And, and clearly right now they're regretting that they're regretting slowing that pipeline. So, yeah. so, so, um, yeah, that, that is the next step. And so if you're going to write the ship, those two things have to be a huge part of it. Um, and it can't just be, oh, hey, this person popped up. I've been sick of cameos since phase two. <laughs> so the fact that we're still doing that and leaning on that as a crutch is annoying. So I hope we move away from that. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's over. I do think they can actually fix things and get out. All, they, all it takes is some hits, right? All it mm -hmm. takes is some good movies. Uh, man, That's it. I'm gonna the and they can get things there. You know, all I'm going to say is, and we'll talk about this when we get to Halo. Uh, yeah, there's no Ironheart release date. No nope. Armor Wars. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if we'd see Captain America if it wasn't already so far along. But uh, yeah, after Secret Invasion and stuff like that, Mr. Bo, yeah, you know, you know who I'm talking to. You better be ready for those changes. You're not going to see no Ironheart or Armor Wars coming anytime soon. You guys are crazy. So and there doesn't need to be Armor Wars. <laughs> like that's so like that no like if if you're not already <clears throat> producing that or filming you just jet jettison out that like out of the ship yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's not what we need to be focusing it's on weirdly the one piece of this if we were telling the real focus storyline in season four and not the chapek mess the real storyline would have been an avengers legacy who steps up next arc to this yeah. whole thing because that's what they basically did without doing it and so that would have been focused in Armor Wars was is key to that. There's this whole unanswered piece of the MCU since what? Far from home about like, what does the absence of Tony Stark mean? What does the technological race become without him at the forefront? What happens to his entire mission of Stark technology, which is what the original Armor Wars, one of my favorite 80s comic storylines is about. Right. It's Tony Stark being like, oh, this has gotten rapidly out of control. And now I'm going to go, you know, unilaterally go around and just F up everybody who's wearing armor that is based on me. And I'm just going to leave them disabled laying on the ground in some limp suit of yeah. armor. Like that's what that whole thing is about. And that makes perfect yeah. sense for what happened after Endgame. But now it makes no sense because we right because because they waited too long. And exactly. same way with uh, Young Avengers, as mentioned. Yes, another one. Like they started and then they stopped. And so now it's just especially without the Kang stuff. If like now it just feels tacked on, like really you can salvage that and do champions, but like still there's that there were several story beats that would have set you up for years. And for some reason, you just got derailed into all this other stuff. And now it's too late. It really feels too late. Like it feels like if you do it now, people will be like, oh, that's great. But what's like the next thing? Why, why do we care about moving yeah. forward? You've got it. You got to just ditch it and set up what you can. 
look, I, I solved this a long time ago. I feel like when as soon as they handed down the Jonathan Majors verdict and I wrote that article about what to do and to bring in the Council of Reeds, you need to just bring in a Council of Reeds, have them erase everything Kane was doing, everything he who remains was doing, the messed up multiverse, have them set a new multiverse and just like, boom, and then just start over and just be like, Loki. <laughs> Loki's gone, guys. It's over. And he's in a tree now. It's fine. Yeah, yeah he's sitting I on know. his chair. Well, he's multiverse <laughs> and just have it start a whole new reality that's different with like, you know, people like Loki in his tree being the only people who really know what happened. And then 10 years right. down, finally fix this mess. Like yeah. 10 Loki's years got down, a happy little tree. Okay, we should happy probably in reality we artificially reset. <laughs> you know, give yourself some time. Stop trying to do secret wars. It's already blown. Just have a shocking turn. Somebody comes in, eliminates all this crap that's there now, and just resets us in a new universe. And we get to rediscover the MCU all over. And this time there's mutants and Fantastic Fourzies and all that other stuff. So, yeah, because... <laughs> uh, yeah, there's nothing on the horizon that's exciting. There's not... I mean, I... <laughs> that's really exciting. I know that we're like, we, we obviously are, we're comicbook.com. Like we have a bunch of experts. You guys know these comics through and through. You're so excited about Fantastic Four. Like the, yes, but like, well, okay, whatever. These are like X-Men, Fantastic Four. Like the, but for the casual viewer, I do feel like it was such a missed opportunity to not take the remaining Avengers that were kind of in the lead roles and to like focus on them harder. Like I know I it, I sound biased because it's Doctor Strange, but like I really feel like they dropped the ball with Doctor Strange. Like he could have been Agreed. one of those characters we cling to. <clears throat> we could have like developed more and really like fallen for him and then become really attached to him the way that we became attached to Captain America, Iron Man. Like I feel like they just let go of these classic characters that they brought in towards the end of, you know, Iron Man's run and just like, they were like, Oh, eh, everybody kind of knows who Dr. Strange is. Let's throw every, let's throw this American Chavez girl in here. Let's throw, uh, you know, Wanda as a villain and she can like be kind of the most important part of this film. And it just, I just feel like it was such a missed opportunity to focus on these characters that we already know for casual viewers to become attached. Like, the whole reason why we all love Iron Man and Captain America so much is because we came attached. We had so many opportunities to fall for these characters right. and their storylines. And we didn't get any of that. We didn't get any of that. We got one movie from Strange that made me go, oh, my God, I love Doctor Strange. Let me read every Doctor Strange book. And then the second one that came out was so disappointing. Like his little cameo in Avengers is not enough like to get to know him. I don't so. know if we'll ever see Shang-Chi again. <laughs> oh my god, Ching Chi. Yes, that's a great yeah. point. Uh, but like, yeah, I, I do wish that they they would keep some of the bigger players, the ones that have been around since the time of our original Avengers, like build them up so that when they introduce new characters, they can throw a Doctor Strange cameo and it's actually impactful. It's not just like, oh yeah, I remember him from Avengers. You know, like, oh yeah, he had one cameo. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Just a thought, but that that's kind of like from a casual viewer side, I don't think anyone really has felt like fallen for these characters in the no. same way. No one like loves any of them. No, no. So. Um, all right. So we're being, you know, beacons of positivity over here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out to figure out the MCU. And thank God we are the show that does it all for geek culture. So we can talk about a lot yeah. of stuff. 
<laughs> a quick commercial break, but when we get back, we are going to dip into some big gaming stuff, some big TV stuff. Plus, we get to know you guys a little bit better by finishing out with our own Rants and Raves mm -hmm. segment. Stay tuned for all of that. Welcome back to Season 6 of Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture. If you missed our first half, we actually got into some, I mean, it's been a pretty heated debate day to hear. We talked about the last Airbender Netflix live action series. I gave you a sneak peek at what I thought about Dune Part 2, and we tried to fix the Marvel Universe yet again amidst reports that the MCU is being creatively retooled. Now we got to talk about some gaming and I believe Matt is up, even though he didn't mark any names in this rundown we're looking at. I believe it is him who's going to be talking about Borderlands, which is the big... Oh, no, that's the... Uh, oh, man, that's the trailer adaptation. Matt, this is what happens when I let Matt play in the show. I'm just kidding. Matt always does a great job playing in the show. It's such a yeah. busy week. And I, I don't think I actually watched the Borderlands trailer. So, Matt, take it away. <laughs> well, you know, I don't expect you because you don't watch trailers anymore because you like kind of preserve the experience, which, um, you, you know, I think I actually might start doing. But I'm glad I didn't do it here because this was I, I have a special fondness for uh, Borderlands uh, as a franchise, especially actually the first one. Uh, it's just it's combination of uh, <laughs> of humor, uh, raunchy humor, sometimes uh, kind of banter filled gameplay. Uh, and I they really did an amazing job of like if you talk about things we've talked about in the past of oh hey they wanted it to look like a video game come to life they wanted it to really look like the game you played but it did a fantastic job here i mean if the movie ends up being as good and funny as it just looks uh it's it's gonna be extremely fun they did a great job i mean god Kate blanchett just like looks like she stepped out of a of a video game claptrap looks looks amazing tiny i'm here for tiny tina all day ariana greenblatt is gonna probably come away as another mvp performance here and tiny tina is such a delightful character in the franchise that i'm just really i'm at this point i'm just waiting for her to get her own movie down the line right because tiny tina is actually one of my favorite uh that her spinoff game is actually one of my favorite games in the franchise but uh, i thought this looked fun you know like not every joke lands for me um, but that's also kind of Borderlands, <laughs> so I'm I'm used to that. Uh, not every joke landed for me there, but I still thought it was fun. I liked the camaraderie between the cast. I want to see more of that. You know, the trailer obviously has a lot to pack in, and it gives us a lot of looks at the action stuff, uh, which which looks great. But I want to see just more. Of, I could really just watch a whole trailer of them being in a bus or a van together and just interacting. I think that's what's going to be the magic of this movie if they get it right. So uh, this got me this got me hyped. I didn't know what to expect when uh, this this trailer debuted and if they would get the tone right. Tone-wise, it seems like they've nailed it. So we'll see if the movie ends up kind of living up to that. Uh, what are they, Any other Borderlands fans here? Me! Um, I played the yes. Janelle, yay! Oh, yeah. <laughs> dude, I am so pumped about this. This looks wicked. 
like it just looks so fun. This is exactly what I need. Like I'm I'm all about this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe the cast they got together for this because that's what got yeah. me noticing it was yeah. the cast started posting on social media. And so in my feeds, I saw like Kevin Hart was posting Jack Black, and I was like, okay, you know. Then it's like Jamie Lee Curtis, Kate Blanchett. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and it's like Ariana Greenblatt and like a bunch of other. Then yeah. Edgar Ramirez. I'm like, these are like, this is a legit stacked cast for this. And then I kind of looked into it and like, yeah, it's like Eli Roth is at the head of this. Um, he's just earned a lot of cred from doing Thanksgiving and proving that he can step back in and, and actually craft some pretty good genre stuff. That's not too over the top because that used to be his problem. Uh, in my opinion, with the hostile stuff and whatnot. But um, yeah, this, this looks better than it has any, business being <laughs> yeah. this movie and far cry coming out or not far cry but um um fallout the series the fallout oh, series God. coming out this year like these old dystopian games we all got nuts on in like the 2010s it seems like they're gonna do pretty well as adaptations and, and honestly matt you know you and me after twisted metal i'm ready to believe yeah man that was fun too <laughs> it was uh we've had a we've had a string of really good stuff and of course people noticed you know some of the other characters that aren't like exactly highlighted but like have seen moxie in here uh got a lot of people uh jazzed and so there's just gonna be it's it looks like they started i mean they started right you have to get the vault hunters casting wise right as far as like they need to be entertaining together like they just need to be entertaining you got a cast to do that We'll see if it lands, but I'm excited. I'm I'm hyped for it. No, it's gonna be fun. I mean, that's the thing. Like this and Fallout and things, they don't look like they take themselves so seriously. They look fun. Twisted Metal was fun. Like there's an episode of that where it's just two people bonding in a ball pit of a arcade, right? Well, they're all messed up, and it's hilarious. And so, as long as these things know how to have fun, because these games were so crazy oh. and zany and wild and fun, and just and there was always those WTF moments that became like what we now call gifts and memes and all that stuff. Like all that stuff is still around. So it, it looks like a lot of fun. And I think that's, that's the three letter word I want to apply to this. So, you know what I'm going to do after this when I'm all alone, I'm going to find somewhere private and I'm going to watch this trailer and I'm going to oh, watch it. Boy. It's going to be fun. All right. So moving right along from the borderlands trailer, which you can check out on comicbook.com gaming. We are going to talk about real, real briefly, uh, the latest episode of Halo season two. This was Halo season two. This was the end of the press screeners, the beginning of a big event known as the fall of reach or the battle of reach, which is one of the most pivotal things in Halo. Me and Matt got to talk about it. We have an entire episode, one of our best recap episodes yet of Halo season two, episode four. And we got to talk with one of the cast members. I'm not going to say even who, but the cast member you want to talk to after this episode. Matt did a fantastic interview. And so go check that out on the Comic Book Nation feeds and quick save. But while we're here, we never, you know, me and Matt do the recap. So we know how each other feel. Uh, how do you guys feel about what you saw in this episode of Halo? Did it turn you guys around either way? cement this show put you off the show connor janelle how are you guys feeling you can take it connor so it turns out when you make a halo show look like halo it's actually kind of fun and you know cope you had told me about how i should stick around with this after the first two episodes because i was kind of lukewarm even though it was better than season one i was like yeah this isn't doing it again 
And then you're like, nope, stick around to the end of episode four because they're finally hitting something that Halo fans all immediately recognize. And I was like, is it the flood? You're like, no, it's Reach. No, oh, okay, let's get to it. And for a big chunk, for the starting point of this episode, I'm like, okay, full on planetary invasion. This is a notorious defeat for humankind within this universe. Uh, when are we going to get started? The moment Master Chief picks up a gun, this show got infinitely better. And I hope it continues with that. I did still feel kind of the twinge of, man, we really just can't put him in the suit, can we? Because he's like, hey, let's go get armored up. Where's our armor? They took it off planet. How wonderfully convenient that we get to see more of everybody's faces. But, oh, yeah, I believed it because I think a lot of this is they built up the the actual logic of everything that you actually buy that. Like, I think it would have been weirder if Ackerson had bugged out and done his secret plan and left the armor. Yeah, because his whole thing was we're getting all. <laughs> <core> yeah, no, <laughs> we're getting all core assets out of here. Like, we're out of here. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, he obviously left him. But I mean, it is we all know why. But I also think and I said this in our recap episode, I think it was a smart decision. I was bold because as soon as they said it, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. I don't know how this is going to play. But you can't do the stunt choreography that they did in this episode if it's two CGI characters just duking it out. Like seeing Pablo Schreiber and a mocap actor have a fist fight as an elite and an armorless, you know, Master Chief was yeah. dope. That was yeah, really good. And you can't do any of that if they're because when they're in the armor, it's just CGI things like knocking each other around. And our brain knows that. and. I never want to feel like I felt the abuse, the visual abuse of that Halo season one finale where it was like, who made this cut scene on their PS2 and why are you making me watch it? Like, I don't yeah. want to do this. So that, it's, I, the, I, it's the reason I like this show over what I, I don't want that. I don't want, I don't, I want it in small things. It's like, we got it in episode one. Right. And I really enjoyed that, but like, I don't need that every single episode. Uh, and I liked I, I feel like it's I feel like it's better that they didn't in this case than they than if they would. Uh, I of course we're going to get that later on, right? We have to. They're at some point they're going to find the suits again, and then they'll have some big kind of climactic battle. I haven't seen anything past four, so that's not saying that's not spoiling stuff. That's just guessing. But uh, you know, I that's part of what I dug about it. So it's interesting that we're on opposite sides of that. Uh, well. Uh, Janelle, any feelings? Yeah. I mean, I feel like you guys said it perfectly. I was just waiting for someone to pick up a sword. So, I, you know, like that makes me excited. <laughs> I was like, please just pick up the needler. Pick up the sword. Come on. I want to see like us shoot the weapons. Um, and I feel like there were obviously like some um, some tough moments of loss in this. I don't know if we're doing spoilers. So that was uh, it, it was it was intense. It was like really intense and it felt like the game like when i would play it like it felt like there were like high stakes and uh, i like my i was kind of getting like out of breath watching some of it and i kind of feel like hopeless at this point like what are we gonna do from here i like feeling that i because i'm kind of just waiting on pins and needles for the next episode and and where we're gonna go and how we're gonna move on and again i don't think we're spoiling but like how are we gonna get master chief back in certain garb and thing like what what are we doing i need to know i need to know what's going on i feel like that's a good job um with a show like if it keeps you hooked like waiting for the next episode so yeah i, I loved it i thought it was great this is the best part of my viewing experience yesterday i liked it more than avatar <laughs> 
Ooh, <laughs> all right. The answer of commenter Brandon Lee on YouTube. Uh, buddy, I'm sorry. Like, none of us followed the lore of Halo that closely. I, I can answer oh, this a little bit. Uh, Chief wasn't even on World when that happened. So don't. if you're yeah. looking for answers, no. It's no, weird. it doesn't follow the books or anything like that. This is its own kind of version of that. And by the end, you realize everything. This is not going to be the game at all. Um, and how we start the first Halo game, it won't be like, yeah, would be nice if we were on a Halo, but you know, too much. You may be headed for the Halo, Halo, Halo pretty soon. But all right, uh, we're going to switch it up a bit because now we're getting into rants and rave, the section of the show where we rant. Or and or rave about the things we personally watch and want to share with you guys. Uh, Matt, we're going to let you go first because I know you've got to get out of here because you have big, important interview stuff to do. So I thought I'd let you cook first and get your rant huh. and rave in so we can then just drop you like a bad habit while you go do more <laughs> awesome stuff. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. i um, going to start with uh, mentioning, as Kofi mentioned before, uh, our quick save uh, episode that we filmed yesterday uh, was a delightful time. Uh, but I actually give uh, my full impressions spoiler free you know spoiler free very light spoilers if there's any on final fantasy 7 uh rebirth that's what i've been uh playing and diving into for the uh for the last little while and i just uh i have nothing but it's it's so good <laughs> it's so good you can check out evan's full review right now at comicbook.com but if you want to know more about it we get into a, a big discussion about it on quick saving you can check that out on our podcast feeds and you can check it out on the comic book nation youtube channel um so uh this tomorrow actually uh at 5 a.m i will be waking up to cover uh elimination chamber uh because uh wwe is in australia this week and so obviously time zones so uh, we will be covering the pay-per-view bright and early over here uh i'm hoping for uh some some great moments to you know keep me awake uh is what i'm hoping i'll have a lot of coffee and uh but i'm looking forward to it because there's two stacked elimination chamber matches each one you know looking for that title shot uh at wrestlemania and uh it's, you know, other than that, we, me and Connor were actually talking about a little bit about this before uh, the show started. It was like kind of around those two matches is kind of meh for me because um, there's just not a lot there. Uh, you know, Rhea Ripley, Nia Jax, like, does anyone see Rhea not winning that? Uh, you know, the tag titles, they could pull a shocker and and win, but it's probably going to be a retain. You know, so there's, there's not a lot around those, but those two elimination chamber matches are stacked with talent they should be great uh I, i'm excited for that the betting odds you can check out uh, all the betting odds and everything on comicbook.com but uh those are right now drew mcintyre is the heavy favorite for the men's and becky lynch is the heavy favorite uh for the women's i will be interested to see if they go any kind of different route um you know real quick i'll, I'll get into uh some other things for me but connor any any quick thoughts on on chamber uh, no, you, you kind of hit it. it. It is a um, it's a decent show that I wouldn't tell people to wake up at 4 a.m. to watch, but they are setting the stage for what's coming down at WrestleMania. And so far, since the great migration of the Dwayne The Rock Johnson pivot, the show is actually looking really good. So they haven't misstepped out of the one massive misstep that was Cody Rhodes trying to give it away. So I'm confident that they can continue that path on this. Um, and then for my rounding out, uh, I've been when I haven't been playing uh, Rebirth, uh, which is not much since 
that came in because I'm not going to lie. But before that, I was actually getting really uh, invested uh, in Honkai Star Rail, uh, the new kind of same uh, developers of Genshin Impact. Uh, the I think it's the Goyoverse. Is that I, I think it's what I'm calling it correctly. Um, or yeah, it's the kind of their series of of games. This one is very much uh, up my alley. It is turn based. But man, it's it's visually just gorgeous. It is I love this art style. They have the same this same type of art style with little tweaks on a lot of their games. It's gorgeous art style. I just I just dig it. It's just it it hits all the right notes for me. The gameplay itself is really fun. The way you can actually they have all the normal kind of maximizing characters, uh, but then the card system that powers them, and you can level those up as well, and the abilities those unlock and the relationship stuff like between characters and also trying to find the right it's not a class system but you really do want to have a well-rounded uh group of abilities uh from like your specialties with your group that's really fun uh it's you know it's just hitting the man it hits all the right notes it's quirky it's weird uh and i just it's actually a perfect contrast to rebirth which is also quirky and weird, but in a very different way. Uh, I have been enjoying that. What's awesome about it is, of course, it's actually free to play, so you can give it a try. Uh, I have put a sizable amount of hours into it already, uh, and I have not had to pay a dime. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm actually enjoying that as well. Uh, and then, last but not least, I want to give a shout out to uh, Fraser Season Two. We're getting it! Yay, Fraser! We did a whole review on Fraser on this very show. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to tell you what the data says about your review of on Fraser on this show, but yeah, <laughs> damn right, damn right. Going into so, uh, I <laughs> so I am very excited. Uh, number one, Kofi, geez, for the mothership, all right, we have to get it together, okay, we, <laughs> we got to support the brand. Number, number two, uh, I really enjoyed that and feel like that show came into its own. It started out, the pilot was like, not. I won't call it terrible, but not, man, not good. I thought it was not a good lead off. And then once we got into like episode three and four and five, it really hit its stride and then it was over. So I was like, oh, I hope they get a season two because I feel like they found the formula and they need to, they actually need to just roll with that. So I'm glad it's getting a season two and, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy we're getting those characters back. So yay me. Uh, that's, that's my round out there. That's my rants and raves uh until till next time so uh do you want me to bounce now or do you want me to just stick around for a couple minutes and then bounce which you, you can get out of here you can leave <laughs> you how make dare it. you you need to how leave. dare you you this is not throw yourself out toss salad and scramble days i was gonna make one joke <laughs> that question i was just gonna say it's coming again no. <laughs> there it is yeah. anyway get yeah. out of Oh, Peace. Peace <laughs> oh man, Janelle, ladies first. Yeah. Please, what are your rants and raves this rants week? Rants and raves. Well, uh, True Detective has wrapped um, this latest season, and it was actually the first season I watched because I don't really like crime drama thriller things unless it's like Lucifer. Like you give me some weird aspect of like fantasy or something in it, and my husband was like, "Hey." There's like witchcraft or something in this. You might want to watch it. I was like, okay. <laughs> so that's how he got me. Uh, that's how he got me to watch it. I binged the whole thing. Um, I thought it was great. I know there's been mixed reviews on the finale, but I feel like they did a great job of wrapping up 
the story scientifically from like a, you know, this is what actually happened perspective, but also intertwining some of those cultural, um, you know, beliefs in there. I feel like it was a beautiful job and I, I really enjoyed that finale. So, um, I would definitely recommend it if you haven't ever watched it. Uh, it gets rave reviews. And like, if you're like me and you're like, I'm not really into this, it's something cool to try. And I, I was very much rewarded for watching it. Um, love is blind <laughs> is officially out another season. It is just another train wreck. We have people talking about the way they look. This has been a huge article. I've seen it out there in the reality TV land as one of the girls said she looked like Megan Fox. And then when the big reveal came, uh, she, she didn't really look like Megan Fox because Megan Fox is unattainable. <laughs> so um, like that's, that's really high expectations to tell someone on the other side of a blank wall that you look like Megan Fox. That's, that's setting yourself up a little bit. Um, so that's been really interesting. There's been some drama and I'm actually really enjoying this season. Last season I didn't really like, but this season's been pretty good. And then today, I'm so excited, drops, Drive to Survive if you're a Formula One fan. I, I haven't watched it yet, but there has been some crazy things shifting in Formula One and, and uh, there's going to be a lot of drama played out in this reality show. If you don't know what it is, it's about Formula One racing. It's kind of like a docu-series, but they definitely pump up the drama and make it seem more serious than it really is. But the F1 community is so fun together. These, these drivers and these like team principals are so, they're characters. I'm like, how could you get such great characters for a TV show in a sporting arena? I watched the NASCAR version of this and the Formula One is just that they're just so vibrant and they're, they're just, they're characters. They're all so great. So if you are into cars or just drama, it's, it's just money, like sexy cars, fast speed. It's just great. So I can't wait. And I'm going to be binging this. So if you want to talk about it, definitely hit me up. All right. Thanks, Janelle. Uh, over to me. Um, I'm going to be the one who who stumps here for the thing I enjoyed watching on Netflix most this week. It was an avatar. It was the Vince Staples. <laughs> um, who the hell is Vince Staples is one of the greatest jokes of the show. But uh, if you don't know, Vince Staples is California rapper and kind of uh, odd, uh, artist. He came up in that odd future era with the odd future kids. Um, but this, if you've been looking for your next kind of Atlanta to scratch that itch of a Dave or an Atlanta, this show, and I tweeted to my brothers, is like if Chappelle show and Atlanta had a baby, it would be the Vince Staples show. Um, there's only five episodes in this first release, but it's, it's kind of a twin peaksy hyper hyper real version of what Vince's staples life is and his experiences are. And then it just like Atlanta, it slips so casually out of realism into surrealism and, and one. And I think the episode that locked me in is episode two, which is where he's trying to take all his money as a successful rapper to a bank and start investments. But they basically tell him you're not rich enough to be at a bank with all these rich people, but he, so he has to go to a normal bank, it, which is like, Oh, that's crazy amount of money <laughs> that it gets robbed, but he knows the robber they're from his neighborhood. And so it's a whole hostage thing where he's hanging out in this bank with these robbers he knows and trying to deal with like the hostages too. And it's, 
It is so funny. It's dark comedy. It's demented. It's everything I love in my humor and very much me. And I think a lot of other people will enjoy it too. So check out the Vince Staples show on Netflix because we need, I need more of this. And there's only five episodes and that's crazy. Because when I got done, I was just like, oh, next, wait, what? Because I never look. I always wait for that next step thing to pop up. But uh, I was like, what do you mean you're done? You're not done until I tell you you're done, Netflix. All right, but uh, that happened. So want to see more Vince Staples, so we need you guys to go watch that. Yes, I'll be watching House of Ninjas next, Eddie. I'll be seeing House of Ninjas too, and we'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, my other rant and rave for this week is The Bad Batch, Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 3. So Star Wars The Bad Batch is back, and like Avatar, this is the season three where things get darker and more serious, and it's really hitting the fan because this show was always a weird one because it's about a clone force that was you know, genetically altered to be the ultimate kind of special teams unit, and they bugged out when the Empire took over and went rogue on their own. They started protecting a little girl named Omega who has this mysterious, pivotal place in the Star Wars saga. And this season starts off from the dark place of Omega being captured by one of the Imperial uh, Empire's head scientists. And it, we get, there's no more mystery time left. We begin to figure out that her, she is a very special clone. They're tying this all directly back into the whole Palpatine opera project, Necromancer. Like it's pronounced now, we're not dancing around the edges. These clones are pivotal to what Palpatine eventually is trying to do in Rise of Skywalker because all of Star Wars is trying to fix Rise of Skywalker. But um, we said it last year when this show came out with its second season and we were kind of comparing week to week like some of the big Marvel stuff that was coming out and stuff like that. But Bad Batch was really has been really good and some of the best episodes I've seen um, in Star Wars and just really making the case that Star Wars animation has really grown into some of the best storytelling period I've seen in this franchise or any from the later seasons of Clone Wars to Rebels to to this series. And so check out The Bad Batch because this is the season you really want to see. This is the real stuff that matters to the Star Wars saga. And when these guys are, I mean, they're just great episodes. So check that out. All right. That's my rant and rave. Uh, Connor, do you have anything you want to talk about? Yes, I do. And unlike last time, this one isn't so esoteric. So I am not going to be on the next two episodes of Comic Book Nation because your boy is going to Italy for a, a much deserved vacation. But uh, in the meantime, and I just dropped this in the live chat for y'all. Uh, if you guys can check out the archives for the first two episodes of FXE Crush Live, it is the wrestling promotion I'm working at here in Tennessee. Uh, Janelle was at the latest episode this past Sunday, and uh, you got to see myself open the show, uh, manage uh, two of my wrestlers in the syndicate, and then you got to see the in-ring debut of Brandon Davis as he took on Leroy Jones, and it was a lot of fun all around. So if you get the chance, check that out, and check out the website, crushlive.vhx.tv. It'll have all our archives of all of our shows from here on going forward. All right. It was so fun. It was so fun. It was so awesome. <laughs> All right, so there you have it. FXE Wrestling featuring your man, Connor Casey. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. As I said, we are literally an entire nation of podcasts covering all things geek culture. This is our live show, the hub from which we build everything. But 
This week alone, we dropped the Anime Initiative on Monday, which is our anime-focused podcast. We have recaps of the latest episode of Halo and a breakdown of Final Fantasy VII and the Nintendo Direct event over on QuickSave, our gaming-focused podcast. You can find Matthew Aguilar breaking down comics in much deeper dives than we used to over on the poll list. And if you're a Marvel fan and want to get deeper into Madam Web or any of this Marvel news, head over to the other feed, Phase Zero, which is our Marvel-focused podcast. And if you're a Pokemon fan, there's a massive Pokemon event coming up next week. So check out the other feed of Wild Pokemon Has Appeared, which is the comic book Pokemon podcast. And like I said, it's going to be a big week for them next week. We are Comic Book Nation, and this is our main live show. It's great to see you guys every week again as we go out in this growing universe of ours, but uh, I still get to hold it down with my wonderful co-hosts, Janelle Wheeler and Connor Casey. We gave you guys some good reviews. We gave you our rants and raves. Now it's up to you to share with us what you think and take our suggestions. If you want to talk to me, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at, I'm so used to Matt, I'm sorry. You can find me at Janelle Wheeler. <laughs> And you can find me on YouTube at Connor J. Casey. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good weekend. This is Comic Book Nation, and we will see you guys next time. Peace. Later. <laughs>